Yes. We have a question from Facebook from Anne. The question is, don't your algorithms go out the window in an environment like now? No. I'll tell you why. Because if, if I put something out there, let, let's say um, if I put, if I start marketing a house and I see how many people are hitting that house and how many people are favoring that house and how many people are saying, this is my favorite and I like it and I love it. And the realtors, that's not, those are realtor controlled buyers. And if I see 12 people that are saying that, I know I have four contracts coming in. Now, the algorithm kind of adjusts only for if the house is in great condition and everybody loves it, I'm going to get 50% of those. If it's in so-so condition, I may only get 20% of those or 15% of those. But that is what the algorithm is. It's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a feel for it. So if I look at it, have we tested it? Does it work? Yes, it works. And if I see that nobody is going to my pages or nobody's looking at it or none of the realtors like it or none of the people are favoring it, I'm going to say we have a problem. You know, if I could predict the future, then I should be in Wall Street, I guess. I should be making more money than this, right? I mean, I'd make more money. And I would say that right now we need to trust our, our algorithm and, and look at the data even more because, there, you know, there's an unknown right now. There's a, there's a corona. How's that going to affect crisis? the market? So I well, we're going to find out. We need to use all of our data and our algorithms you know, even more. Let, we let need me, to look to see what's going on in the marketplace. Sure. It's, bigger, it's bigger than that. Let me explain something. Okay, Here's the difference between today's market and, and eight years ago or five years ago. Many people are depending on artificial intelligence. So this algorithm we're talking about, this predictive, uh, predictive analysis we're talking about, this is not artificial intelligence. This is authenticated intelligence. Authenticated intelligence is data in the hands of a professional that can analyze the data and act upon it. That's what authenticated data is. That's what authenticated data is. So this artificial intelligence, you go on Zillow, they're off by 60,000 bucks. You go to RPR, they could be up 50,000, they could be down 50. Well, what is it? If you look at five websites, there's gonna be a difference in 100 to $150,000, 10 to 15% sometimes of the value that they're predicting. Well, what is it? Is it 900,000? Is it a million 25? You said 1.1 and you said 900. Who's right? Well, it takes a professional that has done it for a long time to take all this data and compile it and authenticate the data to arrive at what is your average price per square foot of a customary house in your neighborhood within one mile? Same age, same size. What is the price per square foot? What is the percentage of assessment in the houses of your similar size and age, within a one-mile radius of you. And then you have to take that data, and then you have to authenticate, well, is this a customary house or is it an upgraded house? What do I get for a pool in the backyard? What do I get if I haven't painted my house? Um, what can I do that will return me six times the investment that I make? Let me give you an example. If you paint that wall in today's current colors, it's going to return six times the investment. If you redo the bathroom and do an entirely new bathroom, it's going to cost you 20 grand. You're only getting 10 of that back. And that is the authenticated information or data that we've had that we've compiled over years and years and years of doing this. So for gosh sakes, if you're going to sell your house in two years, don't touch anything. Call us. We'll come by. We'll tell you virtually. We can tell you whether the investment you're going to make in that house. Let me give you a perfect example. 
Let me give you a perfect example. Please call us first. We walked into a listing appointment. Was it you with the yellow? Uh, no, might have been Morgan. Which, which yellow? Morgan. I mean, I, I have a couple stories that I can tell with you. We, we walked into <laughs> we a walked house, in and I the opened house. the door, and we went, oh, dear. Yellow. Yellow is a 15-year-old color. Sorry. It's not a current color. Immediately dates the house. Before I could get out of my mouth that we're going to have to paint this house, the painter goes walking by. Yeah. He's just finishing up. They just painted the damn thing yellow. Well, the one guy, he, he painted it uh, red and gold for, for red, the red skin, skin color. Redskins. There we go. Right? <laughs> we're like, he painted it red like, skin color. Right, the this first is thing why we need men to do should is, never be left yeah, alone. Men is, need wives. They need keepers. The first thing we need to do is paint this. He's like, well, the painter just left. What? You painted it burgundy and gold? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he says, you give me one Redskin fan in here, and this house is sold. And I swear to God, this is exactly what happened. We went, uh-huh. I moved this thing down. I looked at Billy. I said, hey, man, you want to go to the VNN and get yeah. a pop? And the guy goes, where are you going? It's like, there is no way we can help you on this. There's nothing we can do. Okay? So that was pretty yeah, funny, because I think fun. we did. We closed it up, went to the VNN, and yeah. had a pop. But, um, but... So, so that's the authentication of data. There's a lot of data. There's a lot of people with information out there. And I'll have a seller say, well, this agent told me this. I say immediately, could you just send me their, their MRIS number so you can just run? Well, if they do two houses in two years, then I can't put a lot of, of credibility in what their analysis is or the way they authenticate the data. They just don't have the experience to do that. Or if I see one person that says, and again, this just happened. Um, we went in and I authenticated the value at 1.65 million, and the other agent had been in, who's famous for this, and said the house is worth 1.8 million. I said, well, they, did they give you any data to back that up? No, she said that house over there is going for this, and this should go for that. Well, that house isn't even sold. That house is sitting there. So this agent has $55 million worth of unsold inventory on the market. Unsold. Now, I know they're big names. They do a lot of business. But our job is to come up with the right price, put the home in the proper condition, do the proper marketing, pre-listing, do our coming soon, make sure we can come up with a predictive analysis so we can give the seller as much authenticated intelligence as humanly possible, and then launch it. Now, if I'm wrong, that means it sells in two or three weeks, not like that weekend. But I can tell you, if it gets to 30 days, we, got, we really have, you know, we have issues. We pull things off and we rearrange, we miss something. So it's not perfect, but all you're trying to do is be very, very good uh, at, at what you do. So let me, just, let me just, for those of you that were here, if you want to take off and you're done and tired of this, let me just give you a quick update. Because in order to understand where we are or where we're headed, you need to know where we've been. And I'm not going to go back too far. I'm not going to go back in the 70s and 80s and get old on your ass. But I'm going to take it back to 2008, 2006 and 7, where money was flush. And I do blame the Fed. I blame the Fed all the way. They knew or should have known. The big banks, they were coming up with all these mortgage-backed securities. Mortgage and Standard and Poor, uh, Moody's and Standard and Poor's was supposed to be rating mortgage-backed securities. They take your mortgage, they put it in a big pool, they rate it, and they sell it. So they started cutting these things up into what's called tranches. And they would take these junk mortgages, and they would put it in a tranche, and they would get it rated by Moody's and Standard & Poor's. And the thing that scared me the most was on 60 Minutes, when they interviewed Moody's, Moody's said, well, we have to give them a AAA rating. If we, don't do, if 
we don't give it to them, Standard & Poor's will. And there's a huge commission on this. And at that point, I realized we are in some real deep shit. Mm -hmm. Because the people that are supposed to be safeguarding the money, the mortgages, the security, you know, the investments of our country said that. And that was scary. So what happens? We go into this massive crisis where the, the, they, the, the loans are going to go into default, the pools are going down, we have a, a, a horrible situation in our hands, the banks are weak, the banks are going down. So what does the Fed do? So you have this, what I call the protected class. W-2 employees, they work for big companies, they're going to get paid no matter what. Uh, they're federal employee, they're government, they're military, or whatever. You're not going to go through a recession. You are what's called the bedrock. And then the next layer over the bedrock is the business community, the entrepreneurs, the people that go out and hire people, men and women that open stores, open buildings, um, come up with ideas, Danny Sampson's, uh, Marty Volks, they, they create jobs for everybody. So what happened was when they decided and everything started to fall apart, the Fed said, we're just going to protect the protected class. This whole layer of entrepreneurs couldn't get a loan to save their life, couldn't borrow money, couldn't refinance loans. So businesses started to collapse, and as businesses collapsed, the people lost their jobs because it is that entrepreneurial level that creates the jobs that everybody lives on. So the Fed abandoned them. First, they gave too much money to everybody. Then they contracted, so they only gave to the, Fed, to the protected class, and everyone else can go pound sand. And that is why it took two years to recover. That is why prices today are pretty much where they were back in 2007. So now, so let's go update. So now you know what happened, okay? Now, in this case, the Fed comes out, and the Fed says, we're going to protect the business class, the business owner. Not the greedy business owners, the guys that are fighting every day, the women that are fighting every day, pay the bills, keep the jobs, have all these secretaries. We've just seen five or six people walk by, by us just now. Danny goes down, tons of people lose their jobs. Ethan loses a job. It is the entrepreneurs that make this country and build this country. And they were abandoned in 2008. And they, it was under the guise of, well, these were irresponsible borrowers. That's bull. It was not irresponsible. It was the business class. It was the business owners. You think a business owner has his restaurant suffering right now, down 80%, can go borrow money? The first words out of the Fed's mouth the other night on Sunday night was, we're going to protect the, the, the business owners. Thank God. Thank God. Because if you take care of the business owners, they're the ones that create these jobs. The protected class is fine. They're not going to go through a recession. But this middle class, if you lose, think of it as bedrock, soil, and, and flowers, and grass. If you lose the soil, if the soil goes dead, the grass goes dead too. Now we got a problem. Now we got bedrock. So um, this time, the Fed said some extraordinary things. First, they're going to take care of the business class, which really gives me great comfort. Um, still angry about what's going on in Congress right now, and hopefully get through that. But Ethan's got one, more th one more thing. We have another question just, from... Just, just let, me, let me finish this. I'm on a roll. Let me see if I can get back on that roll. Watch your step. They're going to invest 
$1.7 trillion. And when he said, where's that money going to come from? He said something I've never heard the Fed say. We're going to print it. And if we need more, we'll print more. I've never heard the Fed say that. Never. I haven't heard the Fed say that much at all about anything. I thought they were behind these big uh, cloaks. But he said, we'll print it. So imagine, if you will, if the government spends $4 trillion a year, that's what our budget is. It's $4 trillion a year. And they're going to take $1.75 billion, I mean trillion, and flush that into the market to take care of that business class. Holy cow. Holy cow. So they're going to squabble a little bit, and your little 401ks are going to go up and down a little bit. But when that money hits, and by the way, I don't know if you know where we live, but we live pretty much at the place they're going to have to spend $1.75 trillion. So not worried about the local economy, not worried about what's going on, very concerned about the health scare. I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to stay away from these knuckleheads. We can't go have a beer at the inn for a little while, and that's very inconvenient. But the economy, am I worried about that? No. What was the question? Uh, Ann from Facebook wants to know, what do you see in the $1.5 to $2 million range now? What do you see? Opportunities. I see opportunities. Because I don't think, first of all, most people overprice those homes. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, so most people um, in that overprice their homes. It's worth 1.45. They priced it at 1.65. That's, that's most of the problem. But there are opportunities out there to buy a nice house in the $1.5, $2 million range. They're great houses. And I think what happened, here's the opportunity. For those that don't listen to all of this and don't understand and are shied away and said, maybe we'll wait, maybe we'll walk out, that's the opportunity. That is the opportunity for people to step in and say, let's go when the buyers are scared off. When this group is scared off, let's go in and do our buy right then. That way, I'm not competing against eight people. I got you all by myself. Don't come in with a low contract. But I'm just saying, you don't have a lot of competition out there right now in some markets. So I think there's huge opportunities. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm shocked that some of them aren't, aren't going under contract. Shocked. Okay? Um, what pe- else do we have? I was going to say the people in that purchase price are usually pretty uh, isolated as well. They have resources to weather storms and, and uh, are typically savvy enough to know that Things will come back up, and there's money flowing from the Fed and all of these. This is a great, great time to, to buy a property. You know, the other thing I will do, and, and I put my faith in, too, is, you know, we're Silicon Valley East. Mm-hmm. And all of them are moving out here. All these corporations are moving out here. And they're not moving out with, with $25,000, you know, no offense, but, you know, twenty-five dollars or $40,000. These are some heavy-hitting people. These sure. are people that are used to spending two or $3 million on housing. And... If, in fact, the average commute for most people is 30 minutes, well, that puts them down the Dulles Corridor, down Route 66, 30 minutes outside of D.C. That is the Reston. That is the Vienna. That is the Oakton. That is the McLean. That is the Falls Church. So these are the areas. Now, now we're seeing some stuff in Falls Church where we put a house on the market, and um, it went off at $750. That's what its appraised value is, $750. It sold for $850,000. So that wave from Arlington is coming. I know it's scary right now with this, but I'm telling you, it's coming. And I think the reason why this is so low is I think your inventory is down yeah. in Arlington, too. People yeah. don't want to sell. They're going to hold on. 
So I think mm-hmm. your inventory is very limited. Well, you have five buyers and can't find a place to yeah. live, can't you? More than that. So this is, not, this is not consumer confidence. Yeah. This is people holding on to their properties. Right. This is lack of inventory. Right. That's what drives that. Yep. Hope that answered your question. Um, do we have anything else? Bobby, you have anything you need to add in? You good? Just here from some good, solid knowledge? All right. So this is no place to list your house with your aunt, your uncle, your person that's just getting started out, a friend, uh, somebody you have bridge with. This is a place for professional realtors that price houses correctly, can put it in the proper condition, that market it right, they can do a predictive analysis. If you need to meet with them online, meet with them online. And this is not a place to use Quicken Loans. This is not a market to use uh, Bank of America or Wells Fargo. This is, a, this is a market where if you bring a listing in or you bring a buyer into our house, we're going to want them to be one of these kind of lenders. And let me tell you why. <clears throat> we had a, a house the other day. We're going, in fact, it went to settlement at 1130 today. They called us up last week and said, we're going to need $13,000 seller concession. I said, you're going to need a $13,000 seller concession, huh? Okay. Well, they were with one of the reputable lenders, and the lender had already sent us over a clear to close. Well, what do you need your $13,000 for? Well, their 401k went down. It's like, what's your point? I have a clear to close. That means you're clear to close. That means they have all the assets and income that you need to settle on that house. So there is no reason for you to get that. So when you're dealing with a reputable lender, you can call up that lender, and you can get the feedback of, in fact, Billy made this the other day, that... When we get a contract in, we're calling the lenders. Where's your income? Where's the, do you have it? Do you have this? Do you have that? So, so we're much more um, thoughtful about where is your down payment coming from? Is it coming from a 401k? Are you borrowing against that? Because that not, might, might not be here next week. So we need to know where the assets are. We need to follow the trail of the money. Is it sitting in a bank account? Is it just getting 2% interest in some safe bank account? or have you got it rolling in the stock market and you're gonna pull it out when the time comes. And they just validated you've got liquid assets. Because those liquid assets may not be liquid when it comes time to sell our house. Or not be so, there. Huh? Or not, or be, not there. be there. Right, disappear. Yeah. yeah. All right, so if that's it, we're gonna to conclude today. Here comes one of the top closing men in the business. Michael? <laughs> I don't need him to go on the record. I have a clear to close. Right, but let's say, uh, let's say you don't. Would you go to the lender and say, I'm oh, sorry. Would you, if you didn't Audience have a clear to close from, from lender A, whatever. Yeah. Uh, could you go to that lender and say, does this make it so they don't qualify? Well, let me be clear, let me be clear on, on what I'm talking about doing now. Moving forward, Okay. When a contract comes in, I want proof of, of his assets. Right. I want to know where the money's coming from. I need that proof. If I'm going to accept this, I, you got it, I need that. So when the time comes, if somebody wants to try something funny with my seller, I've already had somebody ask for $13,000 back, and I had somebody ask for $25,000 back. So is that a new protocol we really need to work on a little bit more carefully? Absolutely. So moving forward, right now we'll do the best we can and fend off any issues that we've got. But moving forward, I'm gonna wanna see your proof of assets. I wanna know where it's coming from, yeah. We have another Facebook question from Cameron Stevenson. 
Virtual showings help minimize contamination to a seller's home and to agents, but are a risky basis for a buyer to make an offer. Are there ways slash contingencies to reduce this risk for buyers? The answer is no. Virtual, walking in virtually, you can't get the feel for it. You can't get the spatial things for it. You know, we stopped doing that a long time ago because the pictures you're looking at are not high quality pictures. If you take a fusion photography picture and you take our, the stuff that we do, there's not even a contest. So, I mean, this is as brilliant as you're ever going to see that living room. And um, the best you can do is the buyers with a realtor, they use uh, FaceTime. The, we use FaceTime or we use, we make sure that everybody's clean and that everybody's got hand sanitizers. Both before we're wiping off doorknobs, we're being extremely careful when we walk in that house. I think this is it's not just a, it's not just a, a group of guys walking in the house and, you know, touching everything. These are under the supervision of a realtor that knows the protocol when we're talking about cleaning a house. Go ahead. I think um, Cameron is asking, uh, will the virtual, sh like if I'm a realtor and I have the buyers on um, FaceTime and I walk through the house virtually for them, we might see that more and, and some agents are doing virtual open houses. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's gonna be hard to, for the buyers who are in Chantilly if they're looking at a house in Vienna, they're not gonna really get the f a feel for it. So yes, we will s see that more often, um, but you know, you still, that's where you're gonna live, so you still need to be in the home. And we, we do that a lot. I mean, we see that a lot yeah. for overseas buyers and people. Yeah. But Buying really, when all well. is said come, you know, if, if somebody's just seen the house virtually like that, we won't accept the contract. Mm -hmm. Because they're gonna walk in and go, oh, this just something's not right. It doesn't smell right. I don't like the hallway. I don't like the people in the thing. I don't like the parking. I don't like this. I don't like that. You really need to come in, see, touch, and feel it. So, and I think that we can all be careful enough that that's just going to happen. Now, by shutting down the open houses, we don't know who's walking in that door, right? So I don't know who's walking in the door. And as we said with the open houses, if 20 people walk in, two are buyers. It's only 10% of them are buyers. The rest of them are neighbors, people that got nothing to do with their Sundays, and what are they doing? They're going open, 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 open. I don't want that person in that house. Right. So we shut that down just to get those two buyers. Those two buyers have probably already seen it with their realtor anyways. So you're going to have to come to the house with a realtor. You're going to have to have them supervise you to make sure that everything is clean. They don't want to get killed either. So they're going to make sure that you're clean and everybody's sanitized when they walk in the house. They'll be wiping off doors. You'll see them wipe off doors before they go in. So we also see a lot of new listings that are coming on the market. We, we see a lot of vacant homes, right? Yeah. So the seller has moved out to their, to their new home. Right. We're coming in, we're painting, we're putting uh, updated countertops on, and then it's vacant. So right. uh, the seller's not living there. Yeah, the, right. they don't have to worry about buyers coming through as much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're getting ready to launch two homes that are vacant, and, right. and we're painting right now and, right. and cleaning. Right. Um, so we're going to see more of that, you know, the, the, the vacant. The buyers are going to have to walk in the house. Yeah. I mean, they really are. And I know that people have 3D stuff and all that. That, 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 that doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. Nothing replaces. The good pictures are here to get you in that front door. Once you walk in that front door, you've confirmed everything. See, touch, feel, smell. Everything looks right. That's when you're going to, you're not going to invest five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars $600,000 on something you've seen pictures of. It's just not going to happen. Or I don't want to depend. I'm not going to take Cameron's house off the market for somebody that's just seen pictures of it. And then you're going to come in later and see if you really want it. Not going to happen on our listings. 
It's a disservice to your sellers. Right, because if your listing comes on the market and you take it off because it goes under contract, and then all of a sudden Ethan shows up and he comes in and goes, you know, this smells funny, or I don't like the lobby, or I don't like the parking, I don't like this, I don't like the traffic, I don't like, there's something I don't like about it. And he kicks that contract out. We go back on the market as damaged goods. That could cost my seller 25000 bucks because they're going, oh, failed your home inspection, did you? Something's wrong with the house, did it? So now we're tagged to something's wrong with the house. We never want to go back on the market. We want to keep that contract on. Okay? Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. All right, guys. I think that about does it. Uh, we've exhausted as much as uh, we wanted to. Uh, I hope everybody's safe out there. Um, again, I'm going to tell you, if you're going to sell a house, <coughs> the protocol has changed somewhat, but the buyers are out there. And, and again, I will say this, this. This couple asked me yesterday, well, should we go on the market? Or when should we go on the market? And I said, your house is in the top 1% of any house we've ever seen. You can go on the market whenever the heck you want. You could go on on Monday night and not have it done by you know, Wednesday. Because people need houses, and the best houses are going to sell, and they're going to sell fast, and they're going to sell quick. And if they're priced right and staged right and look right, and the sellers are putting in new bathrooms and new kitchens, trust me, don't worry about it. You just worry at your own pace, what's ever best for you, don't worry about it. The market will always be here. If you are a fringe house, then we need, to, we need to be thoughtful about how we fix that house up, how we market it, how we read that predictive analysis. Are we going to launch? Are we not? Are we on the right price? Are we not on the right Again, price? Again, another reason not to ignore <coughs> indicators, right? Right. The one lady, she asked about our algorithm. I mean, we can tell you if you should go on the market or not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would much rather have known prior to putting that 700 $50,000 house, I put on the market for seven seventy-five, and no one showed up. I really, if I had this system right now, I would have known nobody favored it, nobody liked it, nobody's seen it. So that was a problem, and that's one problem we can, we can at least avoid. So, all right, thank you very much. My I just name is say Casey. One thing. Oh, okay. I just yep. want to thank the, uh, the medical professionals out there yeah, um, who are working. Um, you know, in times like this, uh, you find out who, who really matters. You know, celebrities don't really matter, um, as we find out um, now. Uh, you know, the nurses and the, and the doctors out there that are on the front line. Just want to say thank you from our team to, uh, to them and also the teachers. I think now that everyone um, has their kids back in their house, they see how crazy their kids are. I think yeah. the teachers need a raise as well. Absolutely. So put that in the stimulus bill. Um, but anyway, just want to say thank you to everyone who actually does matter well, and, and it, is doing that job. You're so right. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, we saw that, you know, Vienna needs some you know, they need some business and, you know, you got all these medical professionals that are locked up. So I reached out to Sarah Clear and I said, Sarah, can we do something? Can we get a bunch of chili dogs? Can we bring them on? I said, oh, we'd love it. That'd be great. That'd be great. And so as I'm going to pick them up, bring them up, Carol's yelling at me, don't you go in that hospital. Do not go in that hospital, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, they work there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They work in the hospital. I mean, they take that risk every day. And I swear... When I brought that box of hot dogs or chili dogs or whatever it was to these people, and that, that nurse, four of them walked out, it was like they were like rock stars to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, God, I can't thank you guys enough. I mean, but they really look like rock stars because they're going to take those chili dogs, they're going to go back in that dang hospital, and they're going to fight whatever diseases we got that we're, that, that we're so worried about right now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Billy, I appreciate you stepping up. Another reason why the KCM team is good, because we've got people like Billy to come on, think of things that I don't think.
<laughs> All right. So thank you very much for joining us, Casey Sampson, Casey Sampson team. You can see, reach me at caseysampson.com or Casey at caseysampson.com. Billy, you can reach Billy at Billy at caseysampson.com or Mike Filan, you can reach at Mike Filan or uh, Mike Filan Mortgage or mfilan at fhmtg.com. Just call me. I'll get you yeah. in touch with Mike. <laughs> I'm on we'll Casey's put, website. Yeah. We'll put you in touch with Mike. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Thank you, Ethan. I appreciate you coming in and setting it. Way to be on the front line, Ethan. That's right. All right, guys. I'll probably do something more in about two weeks or three weeks to keep everybody up to date on what the market's doing. So, uh, you know, things change very fast. Things are changing rapidly. So it won't be a one-month deal. Probably two weeks. So I'll see you in about two weeks. Bye now.